quality over quantity too. But so don't just put out work every day. That's not your best, you know. Put out quality work, and you're gonna get noticed eventually. I know it doesn't really sound like it, probably not the best answer, but it's the truth, you know. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Control X Podcast. This is episode 10. I'm Matthew Reisinger at Rising Design. I'm joined with Chris Ard at The Artist, Jake Barger at Mercury Graphics, and Kenton Hessler at Hessler Studios, and is KentonHessler.com. That's correct, right? That's correct. All right, cool. Uh, so we have two topics today, and the first topic we're going to be discussing is uh, how to be discovered, and I guess, I mean, not find freelance, but just, I guess, be discovered in the design community and in art in general. And the second one is we're going to talk about his, Kenton's newest design of the Ohio State player, I can't remember, it's like Raycon McMillan, right? Yep, yep. Uh, and you guys, when we're talking about that, I'll tell you guys again, you guys should go on his Instagram and look at it while we're talking about it, so you can, uh, and you can also share your opinions in his comment section, what you think. So let's get right into this. All right, so, uh, I, I, I don't know how to start this. Do you guys have anything you want to say to the viewers or listeners on how to be discovered? Um, yes, I'll start it off. Um, so I think I was, I mean, I started designing when I was, uh, see, in eighth grade, I believe. Um, so I've been designing for a while now, but I didn't get like an Instagram or a Twitter. I got Instagram first and that was like in my third or fourth year of designing. So I was pretty new to it. Um, you know, I kind of, I reached out to Posterize's members, like I guess a lot of kids in the community did, but I did it really, really early on. And so I didn't really get a response from anyone. Uh, I guess I talked to Tyson a little bit, and then I really hooked on with Dariu uh, Shakiewicz. And so he and I are basically best friends now. We talk, you know, every day. Um, but Tyson has always preached um, that you really have to just put out good work and people will notice you and you know if you just trust that and i i mean i believed in that from day one and you know look where i'm at now and i you know i didn't really believe him uh when he said that and i it's really hard to think that if you just keep putting out good work that someone's just going to stumble upon you know your instagram or your twitter or your website but it happens and you know that's the case with me and i'm really thankful that you know, he gave me that advice, and, you know, I'm not sure that I'd be here today. Yeah, I think yeah. I, uh, okay, yep, no, it's fine, Chris, go. I think I, I share the same, uh, mentality, just, just do good work, put out good work, and people will find you, um, just, just do good work. Take it away, Jake. Yeah, I think uh, definitely agree with that. I know it's. I know a lot of people like me. I definitely want like answers, like step by step guide to how to get noticed. But that doesn't really exist. I don't, I don't think. Uh, but I think something that really helped that recently came on Instagram is like the business profiles, or as a contact button. And I think in the last couple, well, ever since I've had a business profile, probably for the last week. I've gone a significantly more amount of emails, so I think that's definitely a good way to get noticed. Um, you know, because like it's just a simple button, contact. They can contact you. You know, they don't have to do any DMing or they don't have to type in your email. You know, but uh, I think just what uh, Hessler and Chris said, just 
consistently putting out good work and you know quanti- or put out work every day that's not your best you know put out quality work and you're gonna get noticed eventually I know it doesn't really sound like it, probably not the best answer but it's the truth you know yeah I think uh, so I mean how you know how I got into it and I think you know I guess the Instagram contact um, button's gonna help and I think certain things like that are gonna keep evolving just for you know the business side of things um, you know everything has to evolve to make money and so if you know users are making more money you know it just you know it only helps um, but when it comes to I guess you know first starting out you know it really comes down to you know really doing free work and I'm not just saying for like free client work I'm just saying work for yourself to improve yourself you know day in day out you know it took me a really really long time to get into posterizes and I thought that was like the greatest thing ever and at the end of the day you know it's it's just another thing you got to keep improving and after I got into posterizes I mean that really that helped you know that helped um, when it comes to exposure uh, you know Tyson's contacts you know he helped me out a lot you know after I got into posterizes it evolved into STN digital and then from there um, I went a few other places and then eventually you know I jumped in with OSU yeah and I think it's definitely something we should probably also talk about is like so that's basically just your story about how you got the OSU uh, internship is that like that's really cool I think internships are also like a, a great way to get more jobs in the future and we talked about that on a previous episode you know I think doing free work is might not be like ideal at the time but you know I think it's definitely a way to get better jobs in the future because you need experience you know they're People are looking for experienced designers more than anything, and skilled designers. But yeah, yeah. Uh, what I was going to say is, I don't know if Jake you talked about this. I don't think you did. But we were talking about before we started recording. Uh, he asked him about his, I guess, and I wouldn't call it infamous, but Jake's infamous head swap of Kevin Durant with the Steph Curry body, which he said like, if you want to get discovered, head sometimes head swap. Sometimes it is kind of just like you have to get lucky. And I, you can't always plan to be discovered. And I, I mean, Chris is, and we have all said this consistently, that putting out good work is the key to being discovered. And then also, uh, I think Tyson talked about this on a past episode, that having an email or somewhere for someone to contact you besides a direct message is a lot better because, I mean, it just kind of makes you seem more professional. Um, and then the last thing I have to, I'm going to close this off with is, well, I posted a Kevin Durant piece a couple of days ago, and I didn't. I, I've never done this before, but I realized like I could take the opportunity since Kevin Durant's a new Warriors player. If you tag like their fan pages in there on the photo, that you probably have a higher chance of getting reposted and finding or getting your work to a bigger audience. So I'd say if you want to just be discovered and have like a repost or two, tag that team's or that player's fan pages because I have a feeling you have a better chance of being reposted there than the official team. You feel me? Did you yeah, just like, you just realize that, Matt? Oh yeah. I mean, I hadn't like I, I don't know why I didn't do that before, but yeah. Dumb. I mean, no. I mean, another Sorry. thing that's a really good way to get like discovered on Twitter is like, okay, so let's say you make a design of a a a, a Charlotte Hornet player, like Kemba Walker, and then basically what I do if I ever did that, I made a design of Kemba Walker. I know it might sound like really like kind of cheesy, but it's it's a good way to get discovered. Is like. It's like turn post notifications on for like that team 
like Charlotte Hornets. And if if you're on your phone and you see them tweet, like the second after they tweet, if you put your design, like that'd be the first comment or not really first tweet under their tweet, like the subtweet, you're going to get a lot of favorites and a lot of followers. And I know that might sound like really like cheesy or corny or, you know, kind of like, I don't know, but it's actually a really good way to get exposure too because um, I did that for the Warrior, like for my Kevin Durant swap. I did like, did like once or twice and then I got like a bunch of other like Warrior accounts following me and then they gave me credit and I got like maybe 40 or 50 followers just in there. And I know followers might not be like, yeah, I, for me, I think followers is a good way to kind of like to show like how exposed you are in like the design community. So yeah, I think that's also a really good way to kind of like get noticed or get discovered. Well, I was going to say, um, what Jake's saying about the Twitter thing is like really true, because Bleacher Report tweeted something about the Knicks being a super team, and my reply, like 10 seconds after they tweeted it, was Knicks aren't a super team, the fuck, and it got like 300 favorites and like 20 retweets. So like, it doesn't even have to be artwork. So then imagine if that was a swap of the Knicks, yeah. like, shocking no one, that would get an incredible amount of retweets and favorites. And- yeah. Bleacher Report has like a million followers, and then imagine doing it with a team with 8 million followers. Yeah, like it's just a really good way to get... Me criticizing just, yeah. the team got me attention, which is crazy. Uh, Chris, I believe you had something? I did. Um, you know, it kind of goes with, you know, I understand Jake's point. You know, you're trying to sift through, uh, you know, the vastness of the internet. Like, just think about how many tweets get sent out, how many things get sent out. Um, and so just... I don't know. Having people try and discover you, I mean, that's that's like an infinite number of tweets that somebody would have to go through to just, you know, land on your page. Uh, something that I did um, when I started my Texas Tech Twitter and only posted Texas Tech graphics for like six months, seven months. And, what I, you know, I would make these graphics of current players, coaches, um you know, the offensive unit, defensive unit, whatever, and would tag, you know, all the players. And, you know, after a couple months, you know, they would retweet it. Those guys love to retweet that stuff and would just build up. Like I built up a huge following of, you know, just straight Texas tech fans, but a bunch of the work that I've gotten um, from just like random people are like, Hey, you know, I need a flyer mate or, Hey, I need something. And I, I, you know, I know that you do this. So, you know, what do you charge? And they'll come to me. So, you know, try you know maybe create a a fan page for your favorite college or for your like teams in your city and just like build a following through that and you know kind of do the same thing uh that jake's talking about that matt's talking about and but you know in a more specific you know not the charlotte hornets but unless you lived in charlotte but you know that would be that would be my advice kind of make a focus yeah just a team you're passionate about you know like just a team that you can see yourself making a lot of graphics for, right? Or even just interested uh, in the team. You know? Yeah, or something that you like doing that, you know, mm-hmm. if hey, I want to make, you know, graphics for all the teams in the Bay Area because I really love the Giants and I really love the Warriors and the 49ers and the Raiders and, like, all these teams, you know, you start doing that and you'll build up a fan base and a fan base that's, you know, maybe close to you or, you know, involved in kind of the same things. And I think that's uh, maybe a good way to, to get some followers and, get noticed yeah yeah i agree tremendously on that and i think it it really speaks to being consistent and i think if you like i don't know if you're consistent at one thing over a very long period of time you're gonna gain a following no matter what you do 
you know, you could post really crappy graphics for six months and you could have, you know, an X amount of followers. But I think, and that's the thing you see with big names on Instagram or Twitter, you know, I don't think the graphics are that great, but they're posting, you know, every day consistently. And, you know, another thing to, you know, if you're looking at increasing your following, I think nowadays, and, you know, one of you guys touched on it, was that, you know, speed matters. You know, if you have, if you do a swap, you know, like three days after, it's really irrelevant now because, you know, a hundred people have already done that. You know, if you can just, if you do something extremely fast, like the next day or a couple hours, even a couple minutes, you know, it's really vital to, you know, what people see and, and you know, what they, what they want to see, really. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think for swaps, for sure, you kind of have to be really relevant. And I think I've gotten lucky because, like, I did a swap of Dwayne Wade to Chicago Bulls, and obviously that happened. But I did that swap, like, three months before it happened, and I just got lucky. But once I posted that swap, as soon as it happened, and I was on an airplane, right? You know, I had posterizes posted to posterizes posted it too, which is really cool. But that blew up. I think like, like Hester said, like posting current stuff, relevant stuff, instead of just like a random graphic of a team that's not in the playoffs at all right now. You won't get as much exposure as posting something that maybe LeBron may post a LeBron James graphic after he won Finals MVP or just something like that. But yeah, yeah that's definitely, definitely, de- definitely post things that are relevant to you know the sports world don't just make like a you know some sort of damian lillard graphic or some weird basketball graphic you know basketball season's over it's football season now it's baseball season stop making basketball graphics right now i don't want to see them i want i'm ready for football uh so just be relevant to what's going on yeah for sure uh when i was you know i've done a, a few projects for bleach report and I think their thing is like, you know, if you just, you have to get a graphic out the second something happens. And, you know, as soon as, as soon as something happens, they either have a video or a picture and it blows up instantly. You know, they've had so many viral things in in the past, you know, month per se, or past, you know, three months or NBA finals or NBA playoffs, they killed it because it was fast, it was fun, and it was just, you know, it was to the time, it was relevant, and it was just, it's all extremely awesome. Uh, so, I was going to say this, I think, Chris, it was right after you had talked. Um, so, I'm not recommending this for everyone, uh, but what I've discovered, and I think, Jake, you were talking with me about this a couple, like, maybe last week. Uh, I was looking for a job at, like, just to do some, like, maybe even internet tops, because I really like doing card designs. Um, so, what I realized is, like, obviously, I'm not qualified to work at tops, because they're a massive, like, business and you have to have degrees upon degrees to be able to accurately or like actually get a job there but i was going to say is if you have a strong portfolio because you've taken that time to make good work and we've all talked about you just takes practice and you have to make good work and you just have to keep putting it out and getting feedback um if you don't spam employers with this so like don't apply to every single job you see but if you have a job you're really passionate about and you want apply to it even if you're unqualified for it and because if you don't get the job, you just say okay. And if you're underage, also, I was talking about this because I'm 15. You could wait until you're 15, and then you would just. All right, sorry, I'm rambling, but like. That's so true. That's have the so employer true. like know your name, 
because like you just put exactly. your name out because there. Having connections is so important. It's so important because yeah, exactly what Matt said. Apply even if you know you're not going to get the job. Because what if they what if they really like your work, but they're like, oh, you're too young. That's fine because when you're old enough, like when you turn 18 or whenever you turn, whatever the age is, 21, then you can, then you like, oh, I'm back. Like, you know, and I'm old enough now and you love my work. And that's, you, you just get these connections. You never know how they're going to work out in the future. So that's definitely like so important. Yeah, I think, um, you know, having a strong portfolio is really vital, but it's also you know, I guess me coming to OSU, I kind of know a bit more and me being in the industry. Uh, just having digital pieces is, is kind of a, a deterrent. If someone's looking for like a graphic designer who's just doing digital stuff, you can't really prove that you're doing, you know, any print stuff. And I think print is responsible for about 90% of the stuff um, that you'll do, at least now. I mean, when you guys are out of college or five years from now, that may change. But I think having a nice variety of print and digital always is, is really crucial. Bro, I've been out of undergrad for five years. Oh, shit. For <laughs> <laughs> the job you want before you go to college. Because <clears throat> then you'll be, you can probably graduate earlier if you really wanted to. But I was going to say, if you have like a creative suites where you have Illustrator, Photoshop, and InDesign, I'd recommend learning all of them because what I've noticed is if you have the social media platform Behance, they offer jobs also. And if you look at the vast majority of graphic design jobs, they want you to know the entire Adobe suites and most of the Microsoft uh, softwares, programs, programs. So I think even if you don't enjoy, like I think it's worth grinding, like learning in design, even though it may not be used for source design, even though sometimes it can be. But I'd say like just sitting down and having to learn a software or a program is beneficial to you because then you wouldn't have to spend a semester or two learning it in college or high school. Right? Right? Yeah, oh, yeah, sure. right, absolutely. Oh, yeah, think, for sure. For take sure. art classes too. Yeah, and I, yeah, I think you cannot start early enough. You know, you can't start too early, in other words. So, Draw with I'm, your hands. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> yeah. Learn as many things as you can because you always want to stay at ahead of you know the curve you know like there's i don't think you can ever take like you can never learn too much isn't learning so cool like we could all just go on youtube right now and just learn like whatever software we want to go learn like i know it's so true you can look up just you can go to google and learn anything you wanted to know right now so true yep and i think the only thing that it costs is your time you know i don't think it really takes any skill level or anything like that to learn a new skill. So I know there's, I think we're all afraid of starting and learning something new. Like if you're looking at learning Cinema 4D, for example, you're just going to you know, step out and say, holy crap, that's a crazy program. But it all starts with one step. And if you just keep chipping away at it, eventually you'll get somewhere. And that, that's just how progress happens. Kenan, did you take a lot of art classes in high school? Yeah, so this is how my education went for, I guess, graphic arts. So my, since I started in eighth grade, uh, let's say it was all self-taught. So I think my freshman year of high school, I took one class that was like really beginner. So it really didn't help me at all. And then after that, I didn't take another graphic arts class until my senior year when I dual enrolled at a, at a college and then I took a, like a beginner class there 
and you know that was that was extremely easy for me and so my education is very limited uh, so i'm majorly uh i guess self-taught you could say matt are you taking any art classes right now uh i'm taking one next year yeah what are you taking uh, i think it's just i think it's just the digital arts class they offer it's a prerequisite you have to take in order to do some other other stuff so yeah, i already know the teacher and he's basically guaranteed me an a plus which i don't understand but yeah. i mean yo that's not right no, like in, in my mean. first graphics class in, when I was a sophomore, I would just, I'd sit in the back of the classroom. The teacher was cool and all, everything. I think art teachers are usually like way cooler than like other teachers, but um, like it was more relaxed and stuff. But uh, anyways, bro, I, I don't know what I'm saying right now. Can we cut this? Nah, we're going <laughs> to keep this. I'm just going to be honest. It's all right. No, it's all right. It's, I'm I only took 21. Y'all don't ever cut my embarrassing moments. <laughs> Except for Chris, man. Chris never has an embarrassing moment because his voice is just so smooth. So wait, he's just like, wait, oh, wait, man. wait, wait, wait. 21, 10. <laughs> Let's talk. Stop. Shut what up. Do I talk about right Three, now? two. I'm going to talk about what I wanted to say. Dude, I took four art classes in college. I took a damn watercoloring class. <laughs> right, I took an art class, but like I cried in like eighth grade the first day because like I was so bad at drawing and like I didn't want to draw. And they made me draw. Because I'm colorblind. So it's like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, Jake, how do you design if you're colorblind? Like, what do you do? This isn't about me! Oh, I still want to know. Like, Ten episodes bro, in, we haven't asked that question. I'm sure people want to It's just like, it's just like, I know like, I think it's like 60% of guys have like red and green deficiency, which is colorblindness, but I don't have that. What I have is like a, a lot. Thing called, yeah, I know it's a lot, right? You just never know. It's not really noticeable. But anyways, I have this thing called canine deficiency, which is like, I don't see like a dog, but basically I see like a bunch of different shades of like, I guess you guys think it's gray, right? But each shade is like a color for me. So like when I was learning colors in kindergarten, I'm like, okay, that shade is red. That shade's yellow. That shade's green. So I can still identify colors, but it's like I don't actually really see them. But um, I think, so I know what colors I'm putting into a design, and I had to like study the color wheel and stuff like that, so I know like which will look good and which match and which don't match. Right? Yeah, I wish I could see that. So a, lot more, a lot more studying. Like, But I saw this video, and it was like, Oh, colorblind people see color for the first time. And it was like all of them crying. And I'm like, why the hell would I want to do that? Like people actually said, like a girl in my school was like, oh, you should look at this. And I looked at it and I was like, why the hell would you show me that? Like, why would, I would never want to see that in my life because I'm, Jake, I, I don't know well, what I'm missing well, out. Jake, I'm not going to lie. I was going to send you a, a link to these glasses that you see for colorblindness just to you know, piss I'm, you off. You know, and then the people are like, oh my God, I see color. But like, people always say sorry when I'm colorblind, but it's like, why are you sorry? I don't know what I'm missing out on. I've been sorry, colorblind. Jake. I'm sorry, Jake. We're here for you. But I bet this this episode's not about me, okay? It's about Hessler. Alright, so I wanted to say before we started before we started talking about Jake, this is the last point, and then we're gonna talk about Bleacher Report. Um I, I don't think anyone's should be in this situation, but if you're a designer and you're worried about taking extra classwork on and you don't want to take an art class, I'll give you an example of like if you're in high school, my class is final, or my friend's class is final for the art class was they had to design a movie poster and I looked at most of their submissions and like they were about the level of what an app designer does so you guys should not worry about being in an extra class if you guys instead of like a student resource time so I just want to say that don't be scared of a graphic design class because you know that like it can drop shit on app, on app designers sorry they get a lot of disrespect though truthfully they do they do we know there's a couple that are actually good yeah, but it's like it's not like they're really passionate about it. I saw this one guy comment saying, I predict in five years that app software 
is going to, he actually said app software, by the way. He said app software is going to be more advanced than uh, Photoshop on computer software, and it's going to pass it. And I'm like, shut up. Like, do you guys ever think about the people that have to, like, code, the people that code Photoshop? Like, we can do all these cool things in this program, but they're, like, coding that shit. It's true. Be- you know the, you know the, uh, the, um, they're the like, guy, like oh. the leader, like, the guy that basically, like, you know, started Photoshop, he basically said, no one knows the true power of Photoshop because it's like an, it's an infinite amount of power, and it's like how does someone code an infinite amount of like, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of like, like you my own. Welcome to the dark side. You've you do anything. The power of Photoshop, and that's why like when I run out of ideas because I've you know I'm sure everybody's seen like in these like creativity slumps, I just ask my friends because you know I just say okay, you could you have any player and have any design in the world, what would it be? And they have millions of ideas because they don't have like this. Opportun- well, they have an opportunity, but they haven't learned Photoshop, so they, you know, they have a million ideas, and so that's why I've, I really think, how do people really get in slumps? If you think about it, I think it's just because we're like in this kind of box of what we can do, but really you can do anything. So how is there a, a slump? You know, you know what I mean? Like yeah. everybody gets in a slump. I've gone in slumps, and it's just who we are. But it's if you think about it, it's kind of like there's so much we can do. You can never run out of ideas. What I, I wanted to say is Chris is telling us, I think this week earlier, that I was talking to him about like. I felt like I hadn't been discovered, and I was being a little bit selfish, not gonna lie. But he told me, and then he made this point earlier, like, focus on one team or one area of sports, and do that, because then you'll grow the following. So, Kenton, I wanted to ask you, um, we just finished talking about, like, being discovered and all that, but what, like, we work for Ohio State, and, I mean, they have such a competitive and, like, skilled, I guess that's what the word is, football team, and they win national championships often, like, they won it in 2015. And that was like, that was a freak out moment for me because I'm like a diehard OSU fan for football and basketball. But, um, so what is it like having a job that I'm sure like, I don't know if millions is the right number, but like tons of graphic designers who do source design would like to have. And how do you keep it fresh? I mean, you're not like, I don't know what, like, you know what I'm talking about. Like, how do you keep it fresh so that Ohio State keeps coming back for more and like, I don't know what I'm saying. I want to be disrespectful. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um... So, I guess touching on how I got the internship, uh, obviously I was let's see, fresh out of high school. Uh, it was that summer. Um, I couldn't I couldn't get a job because uh, right before I graduated, I snapped my collarbone playing rugby. So I had to take the summer off from doing any physical, or I guess major physical activity. So I was kind of just sitting around making some art pieces, uh, hanging out at my lake house, and. Um, you know, I, it was two weeks before I was set to schedule classes to, you know, the place I was going to go. And I saw that Sammy Silverman, you know, posted on, on Twitter that there was an internship open. And so I guess the, the other guy left and he went to Rutgers and he's now the, the head guy there. But I reached out to Sammy. Um, we had a few conversations. And at first it was like, like the first thought that popped in my head uh, that, you know, after Sammy reached out to me was like I can't give up school to go and do this like there's no possible way I value education too much and eventually I just I just thought about it and I think the education I'm getting like not in college but working with the Buckeyes is is just crazy and it's it's, it's something that you know very few have the privilege of of doing and so I you know I, obviously I gave up going to college for at least my first year, gave up $15,000 in scholarship money, 
and like a couple weeks after we first talked, uh, I moved to Columbus. And I mean, I've been to Columbus, but it's never, you know, I don't really know Columbus, or I didn't then. And so it was really, really kind of crazy. So I moved on the August 3rd, and then August 4th was my first day at work. And so I didn't really get a chance to breathe at all. But, you know, one thing led to another. Um, and so I guess my internship started really well. Uh, obviously, I won the, I guess, Rookie of the Year, um, per se, uh, for college football designers. And that was that was a hell of an honor. And uh, even to this day, it's really, really cool and outstanding that I won that um, or earned that. But uh, I think in March of this year, um, I earned uh, a full-time position, I guess, with the uh, with the Buckeyes. So now I'm not an intern, and uh, so Sammy and I work together. And I guess you know it's been it's been a really crazy ride, but I've learned so much. And you know, I guess Ohio State, you know, it's Ohio State. I mean, we're the Buckeyes, baby. We're the best in the nation. And you know, at the end of the day, you just got to sit down, and I think it, you really have to figure out. You know, I'm, I grew up a Buckeye fan, so it's like trying to separate fandom from my job. And so I kind of found a, a nice even middle where it's like, you know, obviously I'm a fan still, but I'm also, it's my job. And so I, I kind of view everyone in the building and all, you know, the whole team is, is one big family. And I think the guys I work with in recruiting are direct family members. And so that's been, that's an easy way to look at it. And I guess coming to work is, is a joy, but at the end of the day, it comes down to winning ball games and you know bringing in really really talented players. And I think we do probably the best in the nation, if not you know top two. But uh, but yeah, it's it's been a hell of a ride, and it's definitely it's definitely a lot different from being a fan and doing work and, and actually working and doing work. Okay, so now let's talk about like, kind of like our second segment where Hessler just posted a design today. So if you guys haven't checked it out, go and check it out on his Instagram right now, which will be like somewhere around here or whatever. But uh, basically we're gonna be talking about it. So you might wanna like pull it up on your phone or whatever. At Hessler so, Studios, uh, yeah. It gets you yeah, so Hessler, do you kinda wanna talk about that and kinda like the manipulation and kinda like, what was your idea for it and kinda like the process? Yeah, yeah, so um, I, I've known Raekwon for a little bit. Um, you know, I got to see him, talk with him on uh, our photo day, which was last last week at some point. Um, obviously, took a photo with him, and so I kind of had the idea of doing a unique piece for him. And so I was looking through photos, and I really wanted to build off of, you know, his Twitter handle is Quan the Truth. So I really wanted to build off of the truth. And so when tying that back into nature, I thought. You know, a lion isn't more of the truth than anything else. And so, and I, I guess I really pulled it back into his play style and just who he is on the field. And I thought that the lion really represented that pretty well. And so, I guess the manipulation really features, I guess, him as a lion, um, per se. You know, you've got the zebra. You've also got a couple, you know, a couple other lions in there. Uh, and they all have one goal you know, is, is to catch the, the prey, and, uh, you know, I guess, you know, you got the furry arms, and, you know, you got the eyes, you got the tree in the background, um, 
And you know, I, there's a lot of small details in it that you probably won't see at first glance, but in yeah. my personal opinion, I think this is my favorite design or art piece that I've ever done, and I'm pretty proud of it. Really happy how it came, came out. Yeah, something that I kind of noticed was kind of like the direction of the piece. So if you look at like the, the line and then you look at uh, the player, I already forgot his name, sorry. But, Raekwon. Uh, yeah, yeah, Raekwon, okay. Uh, and you look at Raekwon, you kind of see like they're kind of headed in the same, direct, the same direction. And then you kind of look at the person he's chasing and the zebra. So kinda, it kind of all ties together. So like it's kind of like Raekwon's chasing the same thing that the lion's chasing, you know? And I thought that was just like really cool. And uh, this is the whole flow in the direction and just everything's like just really awesome. But maybe you killed it, man. Awesome, man. I appreciate that. So I wanted to ask you, um, with the fur on his arms, how exactly did you do that? Did you like find a stock, or did you? I don't, I don't know how else. To, I don't know how to do that. So I'm just wondering, how would you do that? Yeah. Um. So there's a couple different ways uh, to do it. I mean, I guess in Photoshop, there's an uh, infinite amount of ways to do one thing. But for this, um, let's see. Obviously, I changed his uh, his nails, and then you know, for the fur, exactly, I used a fur brush that I've had for for years. And then I kind of just built out, uh, I guess, separate layers. So the coloring you're seeing of the fur is actually his skin. And it's just, I guess, different uses of shadowing and how the eye views it. And so really it's just a white a white fur brush that I used. That's sick, that's sick, yeah. I was, I was just going to say, just go watch Players in Green's YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. noticed. I just noticed the lion in the background, like the the male lion, not the female lion that's doing the chasing. Um, yeah, there's actually there's three lions in the piece. There's you know the one chasing, then there's a male lion in the middle, and then there is one. One on the ground. Yep. Yep. Two is right. I mean, I'm I'm loving like the 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 dust that's flying, the dirt particles that are uh, some are in like in motion that are blurred. Um, other pieces are not, and then like the smoke on the ground, dust, um, yeah, and the uh, kind of like how he manipulated the field to make it look more as like in like like the uh, the wild. You know what I mean? How kind of like, yeah, kind of the grass is a little different, but then he still had the painted lines on it, so it's still like a football field. Yeah, Which I think the eyes the eyes are a killer though. Like the eyes like make it. I think like the eyes just look so sick. It looks so awesome. Like it really yeah. looks like. The yeah, eyes are and I think really the eyes, in my opinion, are like the focal point of the piece. And yeah. I was talking to Dottie Yush earlier today, and he was saying, you know, maybe you should add a hue, or maybe you know you should do something. And he's not really a big fan of changing the eyes, um, and he's never been. So I mean, I guess I adjusted them a little bit, but I I really like them, especially in this piece and how it turned out. So can I wanted to ask you, um, is this just like a Call, I think you call them a free piece, like a personal piece, or mm -hmm. do you, or like, is Ohio State expecting to post this on whichever social media, or are you hoping they do? Um, they, yeah, we probably won't, uh, it'll probably just be a personal piece, but hopefully I can, uh, I think Raekwon will probably do something with it, hopefully, um, and then hopefully I can get it printed and give him a copy, and then hopefully he can sign, sign a copy for me and I can, you know, hang it in my place. How big is it? Like when you get uh, I built this piece out at sixteen by twenty. 
Oh, that's a that's a good that's a great size. Great size. Yeah. That's gonna like that's gonna look. I'm not sure how sick that would look like as a canvas, like a photo canvas, like in your room, and you're like a huge like Raekwon fan. Like, that'd be that looks so badass. Yeah. I mean, that looks. I can't say that word. Not that. Okay, you already switched. <laughs> Control X has learned that you just kind of let loose. Um, so I wanted to ask you. I don't know if you guys agree with this. Let loose. Let loose. Um, but I feel like. I've seen a couple people like when they try to do like compositing and like manipulation designs, they feel it necessary to like darken. Like you'll mask out the main focus of the player and maybe one background player who's defending or whatever it is. Um, and then I feel like the people used to like they or they normally they black out or they make the background the rest really dark. I, what are your opinions on that? Do you like? Do you think it's like I don't know what my where I'm going with here, but like. I feel like people feel a need to back black out the background instead of keeping it bright and keeping everyone involved. So how did you like accomplish that? Because I noticed that like everyone in the background and everything is has an effect to it. So how did you like? Is that and also once you're done talking about that, how long do you think this project like around took you? Yeah. So for this piece, this piece was really really tough because it was I think a, a noon game. So it was at twelve o'clock right in the afternoon. And so the sun was really beating down hard, and I think the top right of of the image, that that part of the crowd, was really really uh, brought out and, and really bright. And so that was really tough to difficult, or it was really difficult to work with. And you know, my opinions on other people doing, you know, composites and, and I guess you know cutting out just parts of the piece, um, you know. I, it really doesn't bug me. Um, you know, people are going to have their own style with whatever they're doing, and that's fine. People can make it work. And and another part of that is I really don't care. Uh, I've I've really grown in the past year that it doesn't matter what other people are doing. And if you know, I've really brought myself to just focus on me, and I think that's really helped. And it's really you know relieved a lot of stress that I've had in the past. And so you know, me bringing you know my artistic ability and doing what I want with the piece that really makes me feel good so what other people do you know that's up to them if they can make it you know really work for them that's great you know I love seeing great work um, I think we all do focus on what you do and just do it to the best of your ability and who cares what other people do who cares what other people say just just you do you yeah, right, yeah. Right. I think you did a better job of rephrasing what my question was intended to be, which is like using all aspects of the original image, which I agree you did. And I didn't realize that there were three lions in the photo. I thought it was only that one. And then <laughs> I had like a revelation as you're talking about like, whoa. Uh, I don't, do you have anything else you would like to say about this piece? Like, besides, um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess, I mean, this piece, yeah, like I said, really turned out well. Um, I, I kind of wanted to, I guess talk about my style for a sec. Um, it, it, you know, brought an idea into my head. Um, looking at this piece, uh, obviously it's pretty unique. Um, but I think over the past like three months or so, three or four months, I've kind of just done you know different styles, different things. And for me, that's what art is truly about. And I think if you see this piece. You know, really, I, I have an idea in my head, and I'm putting it on, on a canvas, but when you see it, there's no definite translation that's going to come into your head. And so, I mean, that's, 
that's why you know I think we talked you know before the before we started recording you know I prefer to be called an artist just because you know I like the viewer to I guess explore in their head and, and get their own ideas about the piece and that's really important to me personally just you know I don't really like putting in you know putting stuff in other people's heads and it really you know I get my own ideas and stuff and it's just really cool for me to do what I want and I think a lot of people in the past three or four months haven't really liked that and you know I don't see why I mean I guess you know people are going to unfollow you for whatever and it's really not about followers but just looking at you know what pieces are, are liked and what aren't like for example I'm looking at you know my believe one piece right now and the idea of it is that you know they're in California right there and you know it was going into game seven and people were like you know I guess Cavs fans were really hyped up and so the idea was that someone went to San Francisco you know painted believe one on one of their you know uh, like painted a mural on one of their uh, side of side of the wall I guess Beatles. And, and and then the the greeting is like you know just it brings it brings it around saying you know it, it's coming from San Francisco and I think to me it really makes sense you know I guess it really didn't a lot of people didn't like it and I didn't really understand why but for me experimenting and and just changing up stuff I think it's really important really cool and really unique to myself and I wish uh, more people did that. But then again, having a unique style is coming more and more important. So finding that um, and being unique can really make you prominent in the industry. So I mean, I guess it's really a toss-up. But art and design, two different, you know, two very different things. And I think that everyone should be educated to know the difference. But at the end of the day, I think you have to do both. And uh, I mean, yeah, I guess just a different element to what we've been talking about. All right, everyone, that wraps up episode ten of Control X Podcast with Hessler Studios. By the way, I saw your tweet, Kenton, that was really clever. I never thought about that. It's technically episode X in Control X. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so thank you, Kenton, for coming on. I really loved having you. You had a lot of good insights and opinions that I, I enjoyed, in addition to all of my other hosts. Yeah, yeah, thank you for, for bringing me on. It was, it was a pleasure. Pleasure having a fellow Buckeye on. All right. That wraps up episode 10. Hope you guys all enjoyed. As Jake Berger once said, got a blast. Peace.